So this question of what makes a stepmom wicked, in my interpretation, has a lot of nuance to it. Because no stepmom, I don't care who she is, no stepmom wakes up one day and says, today I am going to be absolutely so horrible and rotten and abusive and horrendous that they write folklore about my misery that gets passed on for generations to come. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, Sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the queen of your castle podcast. I am your host, Brittany Lynch. Um, I want to start the podcast off today with a story, with a little story that's been on my mind, on my mind for since it happened, I think you'll understand why when you when you heard it or when you do when you hear it. So um I would say it was probably like I don't know, a couple months ago. A couple months ago. Call it a couple months ago. Rory, who if you don't know, Rory is uh my son. Um he's four. Uh Rory and I were were driving to school. He goes to preschool in the city. Uh, so I drive him in the mornings to go to school. Anyway, he is the type of kid who never stops. He never, ever, 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 ever stops. He wakes up at five o'clock in the morning and then he operates on full speed and mock chicken until bedtime. Um, and even in the car when we drive, even though he's restrained and strapped into a car seat, he still is just like the ultimate chatterbox. Like every millisecond, mom, 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 questions, 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 stories, questions, mom, 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 questions, questions. You know, it wouldn't be so bad if it was just stories, but it's usually questions. So needless to say, my son requires a lot of energy. He requires a lot of attention. And I love him so much. And also, he requires a lot of resources. <laughs> so in order to save my sanity, because we have learned better than to use tablets or movies to try to keep him occupied uh, just because of the type of kid that he is and how active he and his brain happen to be. Movies and screens just end up overstimulating him. So the half an hour or whatever break that we get while he's glued to the screen ends up backfiring afterward. So we can't do screens to, to distract him. Otherwise, we'd pay for it. So we've discovered that on Spotify, there are quite a few shows 
that are dedicated to just kids' stories. And that if we play those stories in the car, he'll usually pay attention to those stories and listen to those stories. So he's got some type of entertainment going on without it overstimulating him through the use of a screen. And big special bonus, I get some reprieve from the barrage of Anyway, so this kid loves everything spooky. Everything spooky, everything ghosts and goblins and Halloween. Um like one of his favorite movies. I know I said we don't let him watch movies, but we have. One of his favorite movies is The Nightmare Before Christmas. He loves everything like Tim Burton. Everything spooky. So really very often when he's asking for a show to listen to, he'll request a spooky story. He says like that, Mama, Mama, I want to listen to a spooky story. <laughs> so... One of the stories that met his criteria of wanting to be a a story, a spooky story that he could listen to. One of these stories that, that I put on for him back when this story happened. One of these stories that he, that I put on for him, um, is called Baba Yaga. And Baba Yaga, if you've never heard of it, is Russian folklore. So essentially, this story is a story about a little girl whose mother has died and her father remarries a wicked old wretched thing. Yeah? Sound familiar? So the story, Baba Yaga, goes on to talk about all of the ways that the stepmother mistreats the stepdaughter all of the strict rules like changing what the girl is allowed to eat, um, all the chores that she makes the girl do, the way that the stepmom gets in the relationship between the girl and her dad, yada, yada, yada. You know the story. You've heard it a billion times in told in different variations. So eventually the stepmom in Baba Yaga, the stepmom becomes so jealous of the little girl And she becomes so sick of having her around that she sends the little girl to visit a witch in the woods. And the witch, of course, is called Baba Yaga. So then there's some commotion that happens there with the little girl in the woods with Baba Yaga the witch. The girl escapes from the witch in the woods. Um, She gets back to her house. She tells her dad what happened, how her stepmom sent her to get eaten by Baba Yaga and her iron teeth. And her dad banishes the stepmom so the little girl and her dad can get back to things the way that they were before. Then her dad vows never to let a stranger come between them ever again. And they both live happily ever after. So that's Baba Yaga. Now, Rory now in his quest for hearing spooky stories about witches, Rory has now heard this story of Baba Yaga and the evil stepmother. And so we're on the way to school one day and he says, mom, 
right here, him and his gajillion questions on the way to school. Mom, can you show me a picture of a stepmother? So, of course, I'm like instantly triggered by this wicked stepmom narrative that's been implanted in my son's brain, right? It's like my mission to dismantle this narrative. And, and here's my four-year-old son in the back seat asking for me to like Google a picture of a stepmother so he can see what it looks like. Like in his mind, it's probably like a ghost goblin witchy thing like, ooh, a stepmother. That's a really naughty thing right that's what that's exactly what he said actually I said why do you want to see a picture of a stepmother and he says because stepmothers are so so naughty and I want to see what they look like so like the irony is not lost on me right like I've got this four-year-old boy in the back seat his mother is recognized as one of the leading voices and thought leaders in step family relationships specifically with stepmothers and he's already been indoctrinated programmed with this narrative that stepmothers are evil so anyway eventually I ended up telling him that I was his brother's stepmother and he was not happy he he <laughs> there's there's more to the story but I'll 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 end it there let's just say he wasn't happy to find out that I am a stepmother um but you know, I always like to, to try to search for the lesson in things, right? Part of, part of, uh, my own journey is this like never ending quest for getting to know myself better and getting closer to the truth and closer to the authentic version of me and away from, um, the truths that society has instilled in me. So instead of just, you know, getting butt hurt about, about, about the narrative and being pissy and brushing it off and being like, oh, whatever, this is just a stupid old story. Da la la. I, I challenged myself. I invited myself to, to lean into the story, to lean into the narrative. And I got to thinking, you know, why is this narrative so pervasive? Why have there been dozens of stories in dozens of cultures written about stepmothers? Why is this stigma that stepmoms live under so shameful? Why is it that a whole subculture of stepmoms have decided to differentiate themselves from the air quote wicked type of stepmom by calling themselves bonus moms, right? We're not stepmoms, we're bonus moms. We're different. We're not the mean kind. We're bonus moms. So if we as stepmoms are going to change this narrative around stepmoms being evil, then it begs the question, what exactly is it that makes a stepmom wicked? So between the Queen of Your Castle podcast that you're listening to right now, shameless plug, thank you for rating and reviewing the show. Spotify now has a rating system, so drop your five stars if you haven't already. Thank you for your reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate them. They make my day when I see a nice review for the show come through, by the way. 
Now, that aside, thank you for rating and reviewing the show. Um, but between this, the Queen of Your Castle podcast and Step Queen, which is considered to be among the best in the world at helping stepmoms navigate step familyhood, we have been fortunate enough to be able to serve and reach tens of thousands of stepmoms and their step family members. We've had thousands of stepmoms participate in our workshops and our trainings. We currently have dozens and dozens of members in our exclusive stepmom club called Your Stepmom Story, which is an online support community for stepmoms like you who need more intimate, more connected, less stressful step family relationships so that you can enjoy more fulfillment in your life. And in the stepmom story, we teach you how to navigate really complex step family dynamics by cultivating a deeper level of self-awareness and combining that self-awareness with evidence-based research on what happily blends step families. So all of this is to say that at this stage of the game, there's probably nothing that I haven't seen or heard or helped a stepmom with. There's no dynamic wacky enough, no conflict big enough, no circumstance impossible enough to surprise me anymore. Baby, there ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> so if, if anyone knows stepmoms, it's your girl, okay? And as much as it pains me to say this, because it's my life's work to undo it, but as much as it pains me to say this, sometimes some of the things that I've seen and heard stepmoms do in order to try to make the kids respect them or get the ex to acknowledge them or get their partner to pay attention to them, Sometimes, in some instances, I can really see where that wicked narrative has come from. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you, obviously. But make no mistake, like this narrative didn't just like come out of thin air. There have definitely, in my own observations, been stepmoms who I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's... Uh, that's grounds for a fairy tale being written about yet, miss. So, and again, obviously I'm not talking about you. Um, and also, like, do I think that there's always more than meets the eye? Like, of course I do. Do I believe that people are always doing their best? 100% of the time, I do believe that. Um, do I believe that the desperation to feel loved and accepted and welcome and wanted in your own home can lead people to acting completely out of character. Hashtag been there, done that. Hashtag poster girl. <laughs> but something I've noticed in basically all of these stepmoms who society would maybe want to write a fairy tale about, um, all these stepmoms who society probably would consider to be wicked is a, a couple of common themes 
during my think time, I, I really distilled it down to a couple of themes that is like, what classifies a stepmom as wicked? What makes a stepmom wicked? So we're going to chat about one this week, um, a big one in my opinion, and we're going to chat about another one next week uh, because they're really big conversations to have and they can be also really sensitive. And I want to make sure that I'm giving the attention to them that they deserve. So I've decided to split this episode up into two. Um, yeah, so make sure you're back next week for part two. But I really, truly, deeply believe that none of us, us being stepmoms, none of us set out to be the wicked stepmom when we fell in love. So if, you're, if your love story is anything like mine then you're probably going to agree that this head over heels, once in a lifetime kind of love is the only kind of love that people like us would be willing to go through what we go through in order to keep. Like, don't get me wrong. I've dated some absolute losers in my day. And I can tell you that there's a snowball's chance in hell that I would be willing to go through, subject myself to a life that has felt like absolute hell and torture at times in order to stay with them. Like, smell you later, right? But this kind of love that you and I have, the kind of love that's crazy enough to have made us into stepmoms, the kind of love that maybe none of our friends or families understand. And that's why they give really shite advice like, oh, just pack up and leave instead of going through this for the rest of your life. Most people aren't lucky like us to have been able to find it. And I really believe that. Not everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people don't find this this type of love. So this question of what makes a stepmom wicked in my interpretation, has a lot of nuance to it. Because no stepmom, I don't care who she is, no stepmom wakes up one day and says, today I am going to be absolutely so horrible and rotten and abusive and horrendous that they write folklore about my misery that gets passed on for generations to come. Nobody wakes up and says that. Nobody. But... Something I've noticed when it comes to the type of stepmom that maybe the stepkids think they're wicked or maybe their stepkids' other parent thinks they're wicked. Maybe the in-laws sit around with the ex and talk about her and how wicked she is. There's this, a couple of things. There's a couple of things that I've I've realize that that these stepmoms have in common these wicked stepmoms so the wicked stepmom one of the big mistakes that she's making is that she is often on the lookout for what she considers to be bad behavior so she's always or often very often on the lookout for what she considers to be bad behavior so in other words 
the wicked stepmom is constantly in this state of judgment toward other people. Like judging the ex for how she chooses to spend her time and her money and judging the kids for being impolite or spoiled or entitled or lazy. Judging the spouse for not putting their foot down. Judging the in-laws for staying in touch with the ex. And usually this, this judgment of bad behavior, quote, bad behavior, isn't just reserved for people in the step family, right? Like people who judge, judge everyone. So, and I judge, don't like, I'm not exempt from this. I judge all the time. Um, but usually, you know, in, in really intense situations, this is going to spill over to judging the guy who's panhandling on the street corner and to the politicians who are being shady with their agendas and judging the people who have the opposite vaccine stance to them, right? The, the wicked stepmom says, consciously or subconsciously, says these people are bad, their actions are bad, their actions are unacceptable, and I won't accept their bad behavior. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to fix it, right? They're wrong and bad, therefore it's my duty to make it right. And I'm going to judge them because they're wrong. The consequence of this, the really unfortunate part about stepmoms who have developed this rigid outlook on what's right and what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, is that more often than not, these stepmoms are the ones who end up suffering the most. Why is that? Well, I, th- I think, and this is just, again, my opinion, but I think because, quite frankly, who wants to be around someone who's always pointing out what's wrong with the world and what's wrong with everybody in it? Who feels good having a parent who's constantly criticizing every move they make and picking apart every single mistake and always on high alert and making sure that they're acting perfectly? Who can feel connected romantically to their partner when all their spouse wants to talk about is how bad and wrong and no good and rotten the kid's other parent is? So the really unfortunate part is that even though this like good, bad, right, wrong rigidity is probably really well intended, I really believe that. I believe that this this judgmental mentality is really well intended. I believe that it's probably meant to make the world a better place, right? By pointing out the things that are bad, that are hurtful, that are, you know, hurtful. So by pointing this out, the intention is probably to hopefully somehow get rid of this stuff that hurts other people. But the simple reality is that when it comes to step families, fragile relationship dynamics are literally inherent to the step family system itself. If you are taking notes, if you're not driving, I want you to write this down because this is like, this is million dollar advice here. Fragile relationship dynamics are inherent to the step family system itself. So when the focus is placed on 
not only what's wrong with the dynamic, but it gets so bad that the focus gets placed on what's wrong with the people in the dynamic. It's a ticking time bomb, unfortunately. And I, I have a lot of compassion for this. You know, I, I, I very, I, I get it. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my soul. I feel it in my heart. Because we as stepmoms, we come in and we have a different perspective on what's going on. Um, we see parenting styles that research has proven to be maybe not super productive we see questionable decisions that the bio parents are making that we're worried are going to be harmful in the long run. Um, we see these gazillion ways that the kids have been affected by this and that and the other thing. And obviously, since you're a good person, right? If you weren't a good person, you wouldn't be listening to this. Obviously, since you're a good person who only wants the best for yourself and the people that you share your life with, of course, you want to see changes made that would, in your opinion, make life so much better for so many more people. Now, something I've noticed, though, about stepmoms who are actually happy is this. In my dealings with thousands of stepmoms from all over the world over the last handful of years, I have noticed that every single stepmom who's actually authentically happy, who actually genuinely has really beautiful, connected, intimate relationships with the people in her step family, has one thing above everything else. And that's a really strongly developed sense of self-awareness. And I've noticed that the more self-awareness that somebody has, the more connected their relationships will be. And as a result, the more fulfillment they end up having in their lives. Why is that? Why is it that the more self-awareness somebody has, the happier, more fulfilled, more connected type of life that they end up having? Well... If you consider the fact that most people who have a highly developed sense of self-awareness, most of those people, if not all of those people, have spent considerable, substantial resources getting to know themselves on a much deeper level than the general population has. And considering that, considering the time and energy and money that has been invested into developing self-awareness, into getting to know themselves, if you consider that, then it makes a lot of sense that by default, as a result of all the work that they've done to understand themselves, that they also understand other human beings on a much deeper level. Now, why does that matter? Well, a happy stepmom who has a deeper level of self-awareness would know that there's actually no such thing as bad or good or right or wrong. 
she would know that the drivers behind human behavior are, in fact, never black and white. There's always, 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 always a gray area. And for the, for the skeptics, I can hear you all. I can hear you skeptics now. For the skeptics out there who are like, yeah, but what about serial killers, right? Like pure black and white there. They're straight bad and what they do is straight wrong. So to that, I would say like, sure, you're absolutely 100% entitled to your interpretation and your morals are yours and you're welcome to have those and hold on to them. Um, obviously I'm not championing the murder of other human beings for any reason at all. Like I'm not condoning murder disclaimer. And also at the same time, I also believe that some of these folks who grew up to be serial killers suffered some absolute atrocities during their developmental years. I, I have watched enough serial killer documentaries on Netflix to know that most of them had horrendous upbringings atrocities and abuse that literally physically changed and rewired their brains so does that change the fact that their actions created a lot of pain and grief for a lot of people no of course not it doesn't change that it doesn't change the fact that they did something that hurt a lot of people but it also at the same time lends a perspective that the drivers behind their behavior wasn't as simple as they did it because they're evil or they did it because they're bad or they did it because they're wrong, right? That's the gray area in there. Sure, obviously we shouldn't kill people. However, if they could have made a different choice, they would have, yeah? Now, I'll give a, as a less extreme, as a less extreme example <laughs> within the context of step families, something that comes to mind as a behavior that a lot of stepmoms struggle with, um, I'm sure parents in general struggle with this, uh, Rory's four, so I'm starting to get into it, uh, but something I see often um, is that lying lying especially with stepkids lying is often seen as a bad behavior quote right bad behavior uh i can't tell you i could like literally could not begin to tell you how many stepmoms i've seen or known who have really really struggled with their stepkids being dishonest in some capacity so like i said i have at this point have seen everything and heard literally probably everything so I want to give some responses of like the typical wicked stepmom or what would be perceived as the wicked stepmom um one of those responses of the typical like wicked quote wicked stepmom would be to judge that lying behavior as bad behavior as wrong behavior and react to the badness, to the wrongness, by thinking it needed to be punished because it needs to be changed. And it really, like it, it I can, I can feel this like in my chest when I think about it. But it really, honestly, breaks my heart when I hear about kids who have their privacy taken away, their like human right to privacy taken away their doors taken off their hinges, that sort of thing, as a punishment response to lying. And it especially 
know, it's especially hard for me to observe when it's facilitated by the stepmom, when the stepmom is the one handing out this punishment. Not saying that biological parents should do it either or that it wouldn't still bother me that way. But when it's facilitated by the stepmom, it really it really hurts to watch it or hear about it. Um, it breaks my heart, you know, when I hear about kids who have their clothes and their personal items taken away and essentially like held hostage as a punishment for lying. And again, that's especially when that's facilitated by the stepmom. So I'm not sure about you, but to be sent the message of you're not worthy of these human decencies unless you do what I say when I say it, like that's a pretty traumatic thing for a kid. The happy stepmom, on the other hand, rather than seeing lying as a bad behavior, rather than seeing lying as something that's wrong and something that needs to be fixed, something that needs to be changed, something that needs to be punished out of them, the happy stepmom, on the other hand, would see this behavior, this lying behavior, in a completely and totally and entirely different way. I want you to notice how it feels in your body instead when I when I compare and contrast these examples. Like, how does the happy stepmom react to a lie? How does the self-aware stepmom react to a lie in comparison to this, like, quote, 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 unquote, wicked stepmom, right? So how how does this feel to listen to it instead? right? So the happy stepmom, the self-aware stepmom would know that human behavior is always driven by one thing and one thing only. Your brain has one job that is keep you alive. Human behavior is always driven by survival. So the self-aware stepmom would know that lying is an act of protection, Lying is an act of self-preservation. Lying is an act of fear. Because somewhere along the way, it was learned that telling the truth was not safe. So the happy, self-aware stepmom would be able to access compassion and empathy and bring to mind a time that she herself had lied to protect herself in the past. Because I don't care if you're Mother Dang Teresa, every person on this planet has told a lie to protect themselves. And the happy, self-aware stepmom would seek to understand, seek to hold the other person's experience as real and valid, seek to use a moment like that, seek to use a lie to create connection and intimacy rather than destroy connection and intimacy with shame and punishment tactics that inevitably are brought about by judging things as bad and wrong. It should really come as no surprise that studies have shown that the more self-awareness somebody has, the more developed their relationship skills are. Okay, if you're taking notes, again, write this down. The more self-awareness somebody has, the more developed their relationship skills are. Self-awareness leads to skill development like 
conflict resolution, healthy communication patterns, boundary setting. And ironically, I found a research study that was conducted by organizational psychologist, Dr. Tasha Urich. And she found that even though most people, most people believe that they are self-aware. In this specific study, only 10 to 15% of the people studied were actually deemed to be self-aware. So everyone thought, oh yeah, I'm self-aware. I've got great self-awareness. And then based on the way that that self-awareness is measured and the definition of self-awareness and what that means and what that actually looks like, only 10 to 15% of those people actually were self-aware, right? That just goes to show how not self-aware people are. Oh yeah, I'm totally self-aware, right? 90% are wrong. 90% are not. And the reasons for that, I'm sure, are complex and layered and I'm not judging it. Um, All human behavior is super complex and super layered. And like I said, it all comes from one thing, right? Survival. So if you're listening to this right now and wondering if you are one of those 10 to 15% of people who is actually self-aware, I have a little litmus test for you. Simple, a simple little litmus test. Are you self-aware? Or are you in that 10 to 15% who's self-aware? Or are you in the 85 to 90% who thinks you're self-aware, but you don't meet the criteria? So here's the litmus test. Answer honestly. Are you a happy stepmom? Are your relationships connected? Are they drama-free? Are they authentic? Do you feel fulfilled in your life? If the answer is yes, then chances are pretty good that you have a pretty well-developed sense of self-awareness. And if you're not, if you're not happy, if you notice that you often think of things in terms of like, this is bad, that's good, this is right, that's wrong, If you notice that your moods are really dependent on the way that the kids act or the way that the ex acts, like if other people act right, then you feel fine. But if they act wrong, then you feel like garbage. Then chances are pretty good that your self-awareness could use some attention directed toward it. Then if that's you, like if you're nodding your head and noticing like, yeah, a lot of what I think my problems are boil down to the actions of other people. And yeah, a lot of what I think my problems are boil down to what I perceive to be right and wrong, bad and good. Then the good news is that self-awareness is a skill. And the good news about having a skill versus not having a skill is that skills are something that people learn. People learn a skill. People learn skills every single day. Skills aren't something people are born with. It's not like you're born self-aware or you're not born self-aware. Okay. Like I used to be probably the least self-aware, most judgmental, not surprisingly most miserable person on the face of the planet. So self-awareness is something that probably basically anyone could develop should they choose to devote the resources to it. Will it take time and money and energy? Yes. Will it be worth it? Also, yes. But again, You are the expert of your own life. 
Only you know what is right for you. So we're going to continue this conversation next week in part two um, of what makes a stepmom wicked. So if you thought that this episode was helpful or there's like more that you're looking for to be like, am I wicked or am I this happy, self-aware stepmom? Make sure you pop in next week um, and don't miss the second half of that episode because we'll be concluding that then. Um, And hey, you know, the fact that you're still listening to this episode means that something I said really resonated with you is fantastic. I appreciate that. I'm glad you're still listening. Thanks for still listening. Um, Also, I strongly encourage you to mark your calendar for February 24th, 2022, because we're going to be kicking off the first live workshop in our super duper epic three-part live series, The Uplifted Stepmom, where I'm going to be teaching you and thousands of other, thousands, thousands of other stepmoms from all over the world um, the three ingredients every stepmom needs to peacefully blend a step family. So that's February 24th, 2022. It's totally free to participate. Stepmoms who have been through the uplifted challenge in the past have said that that series alone has done more for them and their step family than years of therapy. So make sure that you're following along on Instagram and Facebook at the step queen to stay updated with enrollment details. Or if you're not on social, Be sure that you've uh, jumped into the epic free mini course that I offer free for stepmoms. Um, You can just go to peacelovestepmom.com and put your info in and you'll get instant free access that way. And then you will be on the list to get the emails when enrollment starts for the Uplifted Stepmom three-part series. So that is it for me this week. I'll see you back here next week for part two. And again, make sure you're following along on Instagram and Facebook at The Step Queen um, and that you have already registered and enrolled in and hopefully started going through the free mini course that I offer called Peace Love Stepmom. Just go to peacelovestepmom.com, put your info in and you will get instant access for free right now. That little mini course can change lives. So pop on in, it's free. All you need is your time invested. So anyway, I'll see you next week uh, for part two and happy step. <laughs> I feel so awkward. I don't know how to end this. I don't know what to do with my hands. Anyway, I'm signing off. Arrivederci. I wanted to let you know about a special online mini training that I'm offering for free for a limited time. It's called Peace, Love, Stepmom. And not to toot my own horn, but beep, beep, it's pretty freaking awesome. Peace, Love, Stepmom will give you the exact steps to take in order to create more harmony in your stepfamily without feeling like you have to walk on eggshells or bite your tongue or ignore your own needs just to keep the peace. Because if you are listening to this then chances are pretty good that you know there's a big difference between not fighting and actually feeling peaceful. To enroll in Peace Love Stepmom and get immediate access to this incredible online course, head to peacelovestepmom.com and sign up. It's totally free. You don't want to miss it. 
So go to peacelovestepmom.com to enroll and get immediate access. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week. For more behind-the-scenes action and to get really up close and personal with me and our beautiful step family, jump on over to Instagram and follow me at the step queen. Don't be shy. Send me a DM. Tag me in your posts. Tag me in your stories. Let me know what you're up to and what about the podcast has been blowing your mind. I cannot wait to get to know you better. And Instagram is my jam. I love you so much. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend.